Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. This week's episode is a chat with Jackie Herring. Now, the 70.3 North American champ has been on a roll lately, and she says the turning point actually came doing Zwift races during the early parts of the pandemic. Jackie shares how she thinks her 11-year career comes in three different parts, how one of those parts was changing her training and balance after having two kids, and how she has no interest in doing an Ironman again. Plus, as the Snowshoe Person of the Year, she's well-equipped to give us all the details on how to get into snowshoeing this winter. It's a very Midwestern episode after this break. What if I told you that you could go harder for longer and recover faster just by wearing a mouthpiece? The Airwave Endurance Performance Mouthpiece is a new breakthrough in performance technology that is scientifically proven with peer-reviewed research to open your airway by up to 25% for improved breathing. This results in a 20% decrease in respiratory rate and a 50% reduction in cortisol levels post-workout. As a partner of USA Triathlon, Airwave is offering our listeners 15% off with the code TH15. Get yours today and put Airwave to the test. All right, this week we're talking to Jackie Herring, who just won 70.3 North American Championship, just won Escape from Alcatraz. You have been on a roll, but most importantly, I feel like I saw in Strava, you just ran a sub five minute mile. Is that right? That is right. <laughs> okay. So excited. How, uh, it's such a different thing from like a five hour race. Did that take like, how long were you training for this? Like, how does, how does one do that at this, I was going to say at this age, but you know. <laughs> age is such a strange thing these days. Um, well, this might sound bad, but I was not actually specifically training for that. I, um, just happened to be getting in really good shape. And for the last few years, I've been kind of, I don't know, joking with my track guys. I have the same group we meet every Thursday morning and I've just kind of mentioned it a few times. Like, gosh, I want to run break five minutes in the mile sometime. And so on Tuesday or Wednesday, they kind of like put in a text thread like, all right, Jack's doing the mile this week. And I was like, I don't know. I'm in the <laughs> middle of a whole bunch of training right now. I have no clue if if this is going to be possible. But we showed up and oh, man. they they paced me and encouraged me and cheered me on. And even like it during warm up, I was pretty sure it wasn't <laughs> going to happen because I was feeling pretty awful. But, you know, sometimes... When it, I trick myself into race mode, magic things happen. There so. you go. Yeah, pretty cool. See, so this is how you, uh, I was going to ask you, obviously we'll talk about how you keep it exciting after 11 years. And there you go. This is how. Got to come up with new things. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yeah. So you got into trying, co- I think you did your first one in college, right? And then your first 70.3 after college. How does one even find, I mean, I found triathlon college, but I don't know if it's that big uh, in Wisconsin. Well, I think when we were in college, it's it was a lot right. different than it is now. I think now it's awesome because they have it as an actual <laughs> college sport. Um, back in the Stone Age, they it was like barely, I think, a right. club team started when I was in college. But I knew nothing about it except for a couple of my swimmer friends were, you know, hey, we're on the club triathlon team. And I was like that's cool. I'm, I don't have any time for that. Um, and I had no interest in it except I think the way you get into it is just knowing someone else that does it. 
you just hear about it from a friend, I think. And I think that's kind of what happens to any person at any random age. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how all the age groupers get into it. They have a random friend at work that's doing a triathlon and then they sign up too. So yeah, I just got into it from um, actually my boyfriend at the time was was racing and he was working at a bike shop and he was a really great bike mechanic. And he was just like, uh, Hey, if I got you a bike, would you ride it? And it's like, sure. sure. Um, yeah. And I've, I've always been, not that I'm casual about it now. I'm certainly training as if it is my regular job <laughs> now, but I think for a lot of years I was, um, just pretty casual. It's just stuff I enjoy doing. All right. So in college, I mean, you ran and swam in college, right? Yeah. So how hard was it yep, to pick up I, biking? Um, well, at the casual <laughs> way that I was doing it, which included like riding to the bar and um uh like riding my bike three times before a triathlon, okay. it was pretty great. <laughs> I had zero skills and it took me a lot of years. It wasn't until well not a lot of years, a year. I mean I signed up for that half Ironman. And I would just ride the same route over and mm. over. It was like this 30 or 40 mile thing. Cause I had, you know, there was no tech back then. There was no fancy maps on your computers. <laughs> there was like, and this isn't that long I know, ago. You're making it sound oh. like so long ago. It was like 12 years ago. I mean, <laughs> like 15, 15 years, ago. 15 years. Yeah. That that's a significant amount of time, but yeah. So I would just ride the same way on the roads I knew and, I had no type of training plan except for like, hey, I'm going to ride my bike on this route four days a week. Boom. Okay. That's how I'm getting ready for this race. Like just how so many people right. do it. You know? It works, right? It's fine. It worked. It worked for that time. Yeah. yeah. And and slowly you just like learn as you go. And, and it took me, I think, just finally in the last couple of years, I think I'm biking like a respectable um cyclist i think it took me like 10 years okay. so so you were swimming running or and you know biking to the bar apparently and i mean what made you stick with triathlon though like i don't hmm. know it's weird it's it was never anything that i felt i don't know especially i was just good at it right hmm. when i started i didn't have to work super hard to be good at it. It was just something that came easily to me. And I think I just enjoy the variety of it. I was um, a burnt out swimmer and right. a like chronically injured runner. And I think this kind of just meshed sports I was comfortable with and had had some talent in, but, but kind of had like a rocky relationship with. So this just kind of melded those things. And I don't, I swear, I just haven't got bored of this sport yet. It just keeps changing and I keep learning more every year and getting better at it. And, and that certainly helps. When, uh, I mean, you kind of said like, you know, college try was different back then, but was triathlon big in Wisconsin? Cause you've basically always been based in Wisconsin, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I've always, I've always lived here and I went to college in Wisconsin. Yeah. So I think, I mean, Wisconsin is kind of a hotbed. It seems like. Gwen Jorgensen is from, right, right. you know, right by you. Um, it seems like it's a great place to train. We got a lot of lakes. We got a lot of great riding, a um, lot of good trails and a lot of good running. So 
I think at the time, back in the day, college triathlon was just starting. And I think the clubs have certainly grown. I know where I live now in Madison, the UW tri team is going pretty strong. And I think now that there's scholarships Mm -hmm. and, you know, kids are getting a lot more interested in it now. Yeah, I guess the UW had like a very good running team, running program too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people that might be on a similar path that I was Mm -hmm. where you swam your whole life, you're getting burnt out. Okay. You try running, but you know, swimmers legs get broken when you run and then what else do I do? (laughs) And then they can find, um, kind of a more structured path to triathlon at a younger age. I think that's really, really cool now. So you said, uh, I mean, you mentioned you've been doing this for 12 years. You haven't gotten bored yet. But what has kept you? You started pro in 2011, right? And it's 2022 now. That's a lot of time. What's kind of kept you going every year? Well, different than a lot of these gals now who've um, been racing the same (laughs) amount of time as me, I managed to produce two children (laughs) during that span of time. So I think... Um, if I look at my whole career so far racing, it's really segmented. Mm. You know, when I started racing, I was really just completely just neck deep in the challenge of the full distance Ironman. Mm-hmm. I just love trying to figure it out and conquer that beast. And, you know, looking back, I was like training so dumb <laughs> and... <laughs> I was just not even properly trained to be completing Ironmans, but I was just addicted to doing Ironmans. I would do like three or four or five Ironmans a year. I just loved it. And and I see a lot of people still doing that, and that's cool. I I totally understand that feeling. Um, But that's where I was at, and I just um, got a kick out of that. And then, let's see, I got, got married and had a kid the next year. And that was kind of the beginning of hold up. I don't have control of my time or my schedule Mm. uh, anymore. And I don't feel like being gone all day. I don't feel like going on long bike rides. I just didn't like using that much time to do the activities. So I don't know. It was, it wasn't like a battle within myself or anything. It was just like, and felt like a really natural progression to just move to um, kind of the half distance Mm -hmm. and, Quite honestly, I have not, since I did my last Ironman in 2015, I have not had a hardly more than three days where I've ever felt like, oh, maybe I'll do an Ironman. <laughs> I'm just not interested. Like, no. Um, because, yeah, I just don't want to feel that tired. I don't want to be gone all day. And it's just not in my schedule. So for me, yeah, it was the full distance, the kid, getting back in shape and figuring out how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And then I became pregnant again, and then another kid, and that brings us to, like, the end of 2018, and then now we're on to my new life um, as a middle-distance triathlete, which I love, because it's such a blast and such a challenge to uh, figure out how to get faster and maintain that speed for, you know, a four-hour race. It's fun. And I think we did a story with you after Chattanooga and you were talking about kind of post the kids. You also adjusted your training some, right? Like you try to be more balanced. You're coaching yourself now too, right? Yeah. I do have a bike coach. Mm. 
Um, Patrick Brady, who lives locally here, who actually rides with me a lot. That's pretty helpful. But yeah, I, overall I do coach myself. I just, you know, figure out how much I need to swim, what I need to do for run and, um, kind of look at what he has in mind for the bike and just build it all together. And that really works for me where I don't feel pressure, um, to do certain things and, and can just mainly listen to my body and, and kind of feel how things are going. What's the hardest part of coaching yourself? The hardest part? Yeah. Um, um, I, you don't really, since nothing's like really pre-planned, right. um, it's hard to find people to train with <laughs> because it's hard to like, I have a rough idea usually of what I want to do, but then if you wake up and you start doing, you know, it's just hard. Nothing is really super planned, so (laughs) you don't really have, you can't plan with other people because stuff is like in flux in your mind. In flux in your mind. Okay. (laughs) At some point though, like once you start riding, because this is my problem, I feel like when I, is like, if you're like, okay, I'm going to do six by 20, whatever, make up a workout, right? At some point, yeah. you decide that you do it. You don't, like, change your mind halfway through once it gets hard, right? That's correct. And that's why I have a bike coach <laughs> okay. because I that is the place where it is really easy to get lazy and bail right. when you're self-coaching. And on the bike, it's definitely helped me to have um, somebody to kind of help me push my limits there and, and not get lazy. But for some reason on running – if I'm left to my own devices, I will just like design harder and harder workouts <laughs> <laughs> or just like get off running on the trail and just keep running. And the voice in my head has to say like, you need to chill out, re- remove yourself from this trail and get back in your car and go home because you're not training for a marathon. So okay, I just, yeah. Swimming is, is the opposite. I do have to force myself right. uh, a lot of times to swim because you know, swimming is is its own beast. <laughs> its own beast. So, uh, I feel like the middle distance thing is working out for you now, though. I, uh, you won your Collins Cup race last year, and then since it feels like you've been on a roll since then, right? You won the Chattanooga race, seventy point three North America. Uh, then you won Alcatraz. Uh, I feel like you've won some other things in here. Do you feel like you really turned a corner last year, or or has this been a slow build up? I think. Yeah, I mean, it's been a build. It's been a lot of different pieces, I think, of the puzzle kind of coming together. Mm -hmm. And one of those was, I think the start of this all coming together was actually uh, during COVID when we were doing the Zwift races. Mm. Um, I learned a lot about myself and my competitors during those races. And yes, Zwift racing has its nuances and things that that maybe don't reflect real life that well, but, um, going just like, I don't know, balls to the wall for 45 minutes against Lucy Charles, Emma Pallant was at all of them, you know, all these girls that usually you would only get the chance to see or race Mm -hmm. or have visibility to their training, like once a year at worlds. Um, we were racing every single week Mm. and, it was just really cool and motivating for me to get to race against these girls and see what their watts per kilogram were. And it was inspiring and being, and also opened my mind to the possibilities 
that might exist that, you know, if you're just doing it yourself, you're not really aware of. So it helped open my mind to maybe I could start to challenge myself more and, and do harder things and, you know, kind of have something to aim at. So that kind of got it started. And then, you know, with, with the PTO coming on, that also opened up a new horizon where again, getting to see these girls more often and race against them, um, helps keep a more consistent benchmark of, of where you need to be and what you need to do. And I think that's really helped me measure in my training and, and in my efforts and my mental preps, like, what do you need to do to try and be within the vicinity of these people and, um, you know, not get dropped here, not get dropped there and, um, stuff like that. And then also like just building confidence (laughs) with good finishes, it really helps me, you know, if I, I think at Collins cup, especially, I I mean, yes, that was an awesome race for me. I felt amazing. And I won, I think maybe more of a mental battle than a physical one, but it also gave me a huge boost of confidence that I do belong kind of racing these girls, Mm -hmm. even though I'm living probably a completely different life than (laughs) every other woman out there. Um, It doesn't mean I can't compete with them. So yeah, part of it is a, a confidence piece, which which I'm still working on and it's, it's going great. <laughs> how do you, how do you live a completely different life? I mean, all, the kids, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. I think having a couple of kids and just, um, like a husband with a pretty normal job, just like, <laughs> this is just my job. I don't get to, I don't do it on the weekends. I just do it during the regular work day. And those are the hours I have available to train. And other than that, I'm like cleaning the house, doing dishes, going to the park, just being a normal mom. So I think it does look significantly <laughs> different than probably, I mean, except for probably Rennie. Yeah, I was thinking, I was like, because more and more people are obviously having kids and coming back. Like that's They're coming more around. and more common yeah. now. Like Chelsea, Sarah True, yep. Rennie. Trying to think. Yeah. 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 You don't train it's on the coming. weekends though? You drop that in there. You don't train on the weekends? Sometimes mm. I do, sometimes not, but usually at least one of those days will be a full mm. rest day for me. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. So you've been building up your confidence. What was the biggest confidence booster? Um, well, a couple, a couple of them come to mind. Mm-hmm. One was a, a way, I don't know, a mind trick. I learned that I didn't know I had available um, was during challenge Miami. I think it was, I was like, I did not win that race, but I got third and I was down by quite a lot. And it was the first time where, um, I don't know. I was really like fighting myself, like wanting to settle. And it was the first time I really like figured out how to completely flip the switch Hmm. and just like say no to that, um, feeling and, and overcome it with an intense feeling of wanting to beat the person in front of me. Uh, and that was, it was just really neat because I would say I'm like moderately competitive, (laughs) but in the scheme of things, usually I just do not care that much. I'm just going out to like do my best job and I don't know. I just don't care okay. that much about beating other people. 
I just if there's ten people in front of me or zero people in front of me, I would get more satisfaction from just like doing my best exercise. I just don't care. So it was the first time though that I was able to access that feeling hmm. like I must beat this person. So, and since then I've been able to kind of um tap into that. Tap into that again. So that was that was a big Oh man, that just sounded so Midwestern. Like I just I, I don't I don't need to beat people. It is so Midwestern. It's like, oh, no, don't let me mess up your race. You're doing great. You're doing great. (laughs) Sorry you're having a bad run. Do you want me to get you a water? (laughs) All right. So you tapped into the competitive drive at Miami. Yeah. Okay. And what were the other? You said there were some other moments that really. Oh, yeah. Another good one. And and I know, you know, some. People have their good and their great days racing. Like, I get that. But in Chattanooga, it was a good confidence booster to me when I was able to kind of... Paula dropped me out of transition after the swim. Well, first off, swimming with her was, um, like, never happened before. But then (laughs) she dropped me out of transition out of the swim, which, you know... But then I was able to catch back up on the bike and, and then ride with her and ride with Holly and... I'm, I don't think there that either of them were having particularly their best day, um, but it was helpful to me to just see the dynamics, um, what the bike looks like at the front, because I'm hardly ever with them on the bike. Mm. If I see them, it's usually not until they're run. So, yeah, it was just, that was good, and trying to imagine that I could possibly to stay with a better group on the swim and be in that type of bike group again is motivating. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, there were some big names going into Chattanooga for sure. And uh, I don't want to say no one expected you to win, but there were some big names you had to beat to, to take that, that title for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Flora was supposed to right. start. She got COVID. Yeah. 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 I mean, I knew I was in super duper good shape going there. So I was pretty confident that I was going to have a really good race. I, you just never know how good of whatever condition anyone else is in. So I was pretty optimistic for, for myself. And, and I'm not sure if I thought I was going to win either. I just thought I was going to put together a really good race Mm -hmm. and, and it did feel really good. So, um, I hear your kids, <laughs> kids visiting and saying hi. <laughs> yeah, they just went berry picking. Okay. Uh, what is, you said you're in really, you know you're in good shape. You've been getting obviously more focused on the bike. What does a, a regular week look like for you, you know, training wise? Um, <laughs> excuse me. A regular week, a regular week kind of looks like a lot mm-hmm. of exercising. A lot of exercising. Um, we're doing a swim so it's a little different in the summer than in a school year but in general uh Tuesdays okay we'll start with Monday (laughs) in general Monday Wednesday Friday we're doing kind of longer-ish maybe like three hour-ish bikes in the summer Tuesday night is an extremely hard uh road ride Hmm. with a bunch of guys that is kind of just like like a 20 or 30 mile, essentially like a bike race, like ride as hard as you can, don't get dropped and that type of thing. Um, and then running, I 
run off the bike Wednesday and Friday. Thursday morning I do a track workout. And Tuesday, like an easy trail. Monday, easy trail. Hmm. I run every day, pretty much. Because hmm. I like to. Because I like to. <laughs> <laughs> Feels good. I run easy most of the time, except for that track run. So, not hard. And then on the one of the weekend days, I'll do a long, I don't know, 13 to 15 miles run. And the swim, any day I can. Any about day five I can. swims a week. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's a normal so week. it's a pretty normal week, pretty standard overall. Yeah. What is the hardest just part? Just do that. Yeah. Do that every single week <laughs> for 10 years. <laughs> there you go, people. Just That's a secret sauce. Nothing fancy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. What's the hardest part? I mean, you kind of obviously your kids just wandered in. Obviously, we talked about, you know, you have a, a regular life. What's the hardest part then of managing like the pro athlete lifestyle? I think the hardest part is just like trying to find that mix between being a normal mom and being fun and kind of turning off the, you know, seriousness or whatever it is of, of triathlon that makes you want to like, oh, I'm not going to play kickball. I got to rest my legs or, you know, we can't go out. To wherever, because I don't want to eat out. It's just trying to be, just trying to find that mix between like, okay, what are the things that can, I can do and, right. and feel happy with the family, but also that aren't going to kind of hurt me or, or try to hinder my training or my progress. Do they, uh, do they understand that like mom has a different job than other people? Do they come out to your, your races a lot? I mean, we were just talking about trying to get the kids up to Edmonton. Uh, which sounds yeah. like quite a trip. So Yeah, quite a trip. So they've been, the only ones they've gone to so far have been at St. George because mm. we have a condo that we, well, not that we own, but we always rent the same condo that we love there. And that's kind of been our family trip. But man, they're going to like all the rest of the races. This summer. The PTO stuff. Yeah, mm. they're going Canada, Dallas. And then 70.3 Worlds. Oh, for so, a second, I thought you were going to say Collins Cup. And I was like, oh, man, you're taking them to Slovakia. That's no, a- <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going solo to that one. My husband went last year. And they just have us on so many commitments there. And Right, right. It's kind of just like its own compound. So I'm going to solo that one. But, yeah, I think they're just, you know, they're four and six years old. And I think they're just now getting to the age where they're kind of getting – an understanding of it and it's cool now that they have coverage mm-hmm. um where when they don't come with me they're mostly able to watch the races and kind of be like okay wow like she's just not working out for tips <laughs> every day she's trying to do this thing so she's on tv yeah 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 there you go. okay and uh you know you said you think of your your career in, in these like three chunks the coming back from the kids chunk I feel like we're learning more and more about that now. And there's like, but there's still such a lack of research about like coming back to competitive, especially like competitive running, swimming. Like, how did you figure that out? Well, um, yes, there is a major lack of guidance and mm-hmm. information and, and quite honestly, um, just, just having role models right. and people who have kind of paved the path before, I think is also a thing. Um, and 
And I was feeling like I was lacking that when I was coming back, especially from, from the first one in 2016, I was like, who's done this before and what do we do? <laughs> like, can anyone tell me? And I've, I'm, I'm pretty in tune. Like I'd say very in tune with my body and, um, can have a really good sense of, of my limits and, and what's possible and what I'm, what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And, you know, I think that's one reason why self-coaching works, but also it's very useful in coming back after having kids where, you know, I can feel some type of confidence in, in doing nothing and some type of confidence in just going easy when I need to go easy. And, um, yeah, it, I think it would be helpful. What I see a lot of times is just people pushing it too early, too hmm. soon, too hard because of the internal feeling you have after you have kids, which is, I want to return to my old self. Right. I want to be able to do what I used to be able to do. And now I have this body and I've lost my sense of self. And the only way you feel like you know how to get that back is by quickly returning to the stuff that makes you feel like you. Mm -hmm. So that, that is the tricky, that's the tricky spot that I think every single new mom gets, gets themselves into, which is, trying to rush back to become your old self um, when that's not possible. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, the best advice I got in my beginning stages was just to forget about becoming your old self because you will never be that self again. Right. You are a new person. Uh, like you're a new person now. Mm -hmm. You're a person that has an even more a better responsibility and a more important job than you've ever had before. And whatever you thought was important before is just not. And yeah, I found it really useful to try and just, just drop that identity I had of myself before and just become this new person. Okay. It's been, it's been good. It's been good. <laughs> Seems to be working out. So yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you got back, obviously, you then hit COVID, which we kind of talked a lot about how you, I mean, Zwift worked out for you, but how else did you adjust? Because I think a lot of people who were coming back for any number of reasons, from an injury, from, you know, a bad year, from uh, a pregnancy, and then you have COVID, it was like, oh, it's still like a start and a stop. How did you kind of deal with that? Yeah, that was kind of tough initially because... You know, I had the second kid in 2018 and in 2019, I won a bunch of races, maybe like four 70.3s. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, all right, I'm I'm here, like getting into the best shape of my life. I'm right. at like pretty much my peak racing age or I thought at the time. Um, and I was kind of like bummed at first, like, what the heck? Um, what's going to happen? Am I, should I just retire and have another kid? <laughs> what do I do? But then, um, there was a few, a few guys, um, my bike coach and a couple other guys he coaches that were like, all right, let's do bike challenges. Oh yeah. And you'd be like, all right, we got to ride every day this month. And then coming off that was when the Zwift races popped up and you know, over that little period of time, it turned into actually like, okay, cool. I don't have the pressure to like get in shape of a certain race mm -hmm. and 
Oh, great. The pools aren't open. I don't have to swim. That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Let me focus on like working super duper hard on my bike, which has always been my problem anyways. And I just kind of turned it into like a really long bike training camp. Hmm. And at also during that time, my husband works um, kind of in the, he's in sales, in medical sales. And so the, he wasn't allowed to work for Uh-oh. like six weeks. So it was wonderful because then he got to hang with the kids every day. I was doing this bike training camp. Um, Worked out. It was it was fine for us. You know, I, I'm a racer, so I missed racing. But, right. but overall, since I was able to kind of refocus with the goal, it was... I think good for me overall. Huh. And it seems like, I mean, obviously you were super disruptive during COVID, but I'd imagine given that you live in Wisconsin, you're a big indoor trainer person anyway. Yeah. 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 I'm fine with it. I'm so not into it. I'm always just no. like, how do you do it all winter? <laughs> so. Use Zwift? Yeah. That's your problem. <laughs> just get on Zwift. Okay. And then it'll be better. Yes. But you're also yep. a big winter snow person and you yes. do a lot of winter off training. And I uh, just saw that you were named the snowshoer of the year. Is that right? Or snowshoe yeah, person like of the year. Snowshoe person of the year. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I do know. It's named it's named after this woman who I never met because she passed away. But um, yeah, I'm really big into snowshoe and I kind of took over last year um as the director of u.s snowshoe so i was kind of in charge of Hmm. planning nationals and am now i guess in charge of all that stuff and finding sponsors and partners and just making kind of trying to rebuild the sport after you know a few kind of down years um i think that it's just such a cool way for people to get through winter it's a low cost um kind of point of entry for people for a win as far as winter sports go and it's also open to like every ability of person and I don't know I just find it to be a really inviting sport for all types of people and um when did you start snowshoeing yeah I was like when did you because I okay so like everyone's we always talk about like snowshoeing every winter and I've tried it a few times and I just can never get it when did you start snowshoeing I started snowshoeing. It was about 2013 or so. Okay. And it was strangely my, it was before I was married and my then boyfriend was living with uh, our friend Will Smith, who's from New Zealand. And of all people, Will was like, hey guys, I got these (laughs) running snowshoes. You want to try these with me? And we're like, yeah, sure. Crazy dude. Um, and he used to be my husband's training partner when he used to do triathlon. Anyhow, got us on these running snowshoes and we go out and we're like, this is death hard. We're falling <laughs> down. I'm literally crying cause I can't keep up. And we get back and he's like, wasn't that a blast? I'm like, I don't know. So he's like, all right, I'll pack you down a path. And so he packed us like a route or whatever. And then we tried the packed route and then I was like, okay, this is okay. Um, but what it really did was com- like fix my run form. Oh, really? It makes you so freaking strong. Huh. Um, it makes it just makes your makes your legs super strong. So, yeah, he got us going on the snowshoes, and then that next winter, I started 
um, I just started a snowshoe running series here hmm. in Madison. So we would okay. do like five or six races every winter and just kind of built the community around here. And now that's been going on. Yeah. Since 2014. So it's, we get to see all our winter friends. All, all right. Winter? So then since you're like a snowshoe, then maybe you could, here's my thing. I don't understand about snowshoeing. Are you supposed okay. to do it on packed snow or like deep snow? Cause deep snow, if you, on the running snowshoes, you kind of just sink, but then packed snow, I'm like, why do I need the snowshoes? It's like packed down. So I, that's what I don't understand. Uh, you want the snowshoes because you don't slip and fall. Okay. Because they have the crampons on the bottom. Like a semi-packed trail is your ideal. Ideal snowshoeing. Snowshoe situation. You don't want it too hard. You don't want ice. Because <laughs> um, then it kind of sucks and can break your snowshoes but yeah super deep snow what i do is like if we get dumped on yeah we get like 10 inches i go out i have like a kind of heftier like a bigger pair of snowshoes just walk it however long you want it to be okay and get it smashed down and then go back to your car changing your running snowshoes you can run the second lap on the runners and it'll still be really hard and you'll probably still fall down several times but then it'll pack it down <laughs> And then the third lap, what even if it's another day, um, it'll be perfect. It'll be runnable. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. trail maintenance. It gives you a job to do. <laughs> kind of like got to get into like golden retriever mode. Like, all right, here's my job. Okay, okay. This one because like we had this blizzard or whatever this winter, and yeah, I was out there and I was like, I don't, I kept, I don't understand how this is supposed to work. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Plan your trail. Smash down your trail. And then run on your trail. Got it. Okay. All right. What other, <laughs> so besides snowshoeing, what other winter sports are you, uh, are you into? Do you do the fat biking too? Yep. We do the okay. fat biking. Um, you know, I got to ride. Have you heard of the fat bike Berkey? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I rode it. So it was in the same snowshoe nationals was in the same place up in Hayward, Wisconsin. So I got to ride the fat bike Berkey the day before the fat bike Berkey. They had a pre-ride day. Okay. I wasn't signed up because Snowshoe Nationals was the same day as the fat bike Berkey. Um, but I rode it and I'm in love. So I might have to race that next year. <laughs> but yeah, fat bike, you know, anything, pretty much anything to be outside in the winter is where it's at for me. I just like to do as many outdoor activities as possible. Um, I'm fine with the trainer. It's, um, it's the best bang for your buck as far as hard work and getting mm -hmm. in a dialed work session. But as far as actual enjoyment and mental health, I need to actually go outside and be in nature. Okay. All right. So which is your favorite then summer or winter? That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I guess summer. Yeah. Because I like the morning sunlight. Yeah. And I was about to say, what's your favorite race there in Madison? But okay, if you're in Madison and you won Ironman Wisconsin, which is in Madison, do you, and that's not, and you, but it's never made you want to do another Ironman. Are you out there? Do you watch? I mean, it's got to be a big, a big thing around town, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If I'm, it's a big deal. It's if a big I'm deal. in town, um, yeah, I'll go watch. <laughs> but I, it doesn't make you want to go. You're like, nope, nope. Been there, done that. Mm. Won the thing, don't need to do it again. <laughs> I think it's still my favorite race, though, out of all the races. Isn't yeah. it awesome? It's fun. Yeah. yeah. I, I would do it if, 
if I was racing, if I wasn't racing well, I don't know. Right now, I just feel like much higher purpose right. in these shorter distance stuff. So I just think is better for me right now. But yeah, if I didn't have that stuff going on, I would probably do it just because it's here and it is really fun. It's a fun course. Super beautiful. Yeah. So what else do you have left this year? You said you're doing the Canadian Open, which is going to be if you can get your flight to actually it's get to- <laughs> It's gotten. It's happening. And then you're going to do the U.S. Open, I assume, in Dallas. Yes. In between there is the Collins Cup. Mm-hmm. And then 70.3 Worlds. Yeah. St. George. It. That's it. That's your plan. I can't imagine how much energy left yeah. after all those. Have you ever thought about going even shorter? Super League. I do no. not think I would be good at that. <laughs> no. No. I would not. I'm not fast enough. I think it's I found also, my sweet yeah. spot. I think I okay. found the sweet spot of endurance, natural endurance, which I have. I can do stuff for a long time. Um, but I do not know if I can get much faster. I'm not really like a speedy person. It also feels like, and I guess you could tell me, does it feel like that uh, mid-distance, there's really this like women, there are w- female specialists now in the mid-distance. It feels like it's gotten very competitive and you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to do this like as a warm-up for an Ironman anymore. Like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't fly. You can do it as a warm-up for the Ironman, <laughs> but you're going to get like 15th place. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that That has been the real crazy thing. The level of competition, I mean... Honestly, kind of since COVID and since mm-hmm. the PTO came out, came around, the level of competition has just gotten like pretty crazy. It feels like. I think there's also that a lot of you're seeing short course people and long course people kind of meeting. So you're, that's part of what's, I think, making it even crazier. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are the goals then from here? Obviously, we're going to win all the races you just said. And then (laughs) are you, how many more years, how many more kids, how many more years are we? Yeah. Kids are on hold because man, it's just a pain in the bum to get back in shape after having a kid. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, I don't want to do that again. I think if I had another kid, I would probably like call it quits on racing. So I think if we're going to have another kid, it will be like a couple more years. Mm. Wait till you're done. Just don't feel like doing it anymore. Okay. And yeah, I'll just quit racing. I have this feeling that I'm just going to wake up one day. And be like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm be like, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So whenever that is, that's when it'll be. All right. So we could be next year. It could be three years. We don't know. Yeah. I think I've got at least, you know, well, this year for sure, I'm feeling great. Next, I think I've got at least a couple, two, three, maybe four. Okay. We'll and then what? Go. Then are you just going to become a full-time snowshoe race director? Yeah, I'll do snowshoe. <laughs> I have some other events. Um, by that time, I'm going to be a full-time taxi service for my children's sports. Okay. Um, yeah, you never know. I don't know what I'll go get into, but yeah, I love event directing. I love, <laughs> um, I you know, working with younger athletes and... Um, you know, I hope to kind of try and start as the kids get into sports, just doing a little like coaching and mentoring of some teams and just, just help kids get on the, get on the right foot in sports. 
cool. would feel fulfilling. Would feel good. Me, I think. Yeah. And out of all this time you've been in triathlon, like 15-ish years now, what's the craziest thing you think has, uh, has changed in that time? Well, the actual craziest is the amount of money that exists now in triathlon hmm. because of the PTO. I think that's something I would have never imagined. Hmm. You know, winning an Ironman almost 10 years ago now and making $5,000 or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, I just think it's really cool that it is kind of rising up as, as right. a sport and, and the coverage that exists now that didn't exist and that you can actually become a fan and watch the sport. I just think is, is so cool. So I take it you're probably uh, making more money now than, than when you won Ironman in 2013. Yeah, it can be like an actual job. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, so cool. So, okay. Well, good luck with all the rest of the races here, and uh, and thanks for for chatting with us. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Jackie for the chat, and to all of you. Keep training and keep listening. <laughs>